0: This is UKFI Pod. Welcome, y'all. As the first UK-specific FI podcast, UKFI Pod aims to bring you stories and introduce you to characters in the UK FI space. Hi, everybody. I'm very happy today to welcome Ken from The Humble Penny to the show.
1: Hi, Ken. Hey. Hey, how are you doing? This nice, thanks. How's your week going? Yeah, pretty good, actually. Uh, just enjoying my weekend, chilling out with the family and doing some reading and uh, just chilling, mostly.
0: I like that's perfect. It's a weekend, so yeah.
1: <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for inviting me to this podcast.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you on. What I think would be great is if you could intro yourself, give us some details.
1: and. Okay, so I... Uh, hi, everybody. Really, I'm Ken. I'm uh, 34 years old um, I'm married I've got two sons who are five and three and I live just on the outskirts of London in the UK and I've lived here now uh, long since 2012. Uh, I, I write a blog I uh, I work in finance uh, as my kind of day job and I've been fascinated and beyond this financial independence journey for over the last ten years, just under ten years, actually, and um, it's been quite a journey.
0: Yeah, what I was going to say as well is congratulations. I hear you were featured in a mainstream publication this week. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's been quite interesting. Um, a crazy amount of uh, attention, but anyway, that's been quite cool. It's been quite cool uh, for for the site, I guess, and for the fi message out there for people to have an idea of uh, what 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 the what the movement's about and um you know whether it's something they can get involved with or not
0: yeah it's great so thanks for sharing your demographics with us where you're based and your family status as it's an fi podcast we like to go into the numbers so you can be as specific <laughs> as you want okay are things like income details lines of work and those sort of things
1: yeah yeah, yeah. sure 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 um so, I, I currently earn a six-figure income. Uh, it's a high six-figure income. Um, but I started off at zero, uh, if I'm going to be absolutely frank. Uh, and the reason I started off at zero is because I immigrated to this country 20 years ago. And so, for, for full context, um, I've done anything from, you know, cleaning in a factory to... Working as a sandwich maker or working as a retail assistant, you know, kind of earning five pounds an hour, six pounds an hour, seven pounds, that type of thing, uh, to working as an animal technician. I've done all kinds of work. Um, but now I currently work in financial services. My day job is as a CFO for a um, an investing business in London. I'm a chartered accountant by kind of profession. Um and I really, really enjoy my work. So essentially, my income is is, is well is growing quite a lot. Uh, mainly driven by personal development, which I think is a bit that a lot of people don't talk about um, when they talk about financial independence. So uh, your your personal development uh, has a, is a there's a direct correlation between that and your future wealth. So uh, to give you some practical examples of how mine has changed over time um, i went from essentially having absolutely no skills whatsoever uh, to um, starting off and doing a degree so i studied uh, economics and accountancy um, uh, in a university in london uh, at city university in london um, and then i happened to have done quite well at that degree uh, with a first class degree and went on to uh, train as a chartered accountant uh, which I managed to usually do it in three years, but I did it in, uh, in, in, in a bit below that. Um, and then after, you know, kind of started working and, you know, plowing through as a management accountant, financial control, I rose quite quickly in my kind of uh, career. Um, and then in 2014, I went away to do uh, an executive MBA, uh, because I just wanted to learn, expose myself to a different crowd and kind of push myself further and uh, learn a different type of uh, kind of learn non-technical stuff. So kind of soft skills around communication and uh, people management and leadership and all kinds of things. And um, so and that's not even mentioning all the informal kind of learning in the background. So a uh, lots of kind of learning about money and um Understanding people and kind of risk-taking and launching businesses and that type of stuff. So there's been quite a lot of personal development, which not, you know, a lot of the media stuff that's been featured has, has, you know, none of them have even touched on that. Um, but I think that's really the the kind of silver bullet, as it were, because the higher one's income, um, the more they can potentially put away and the more um, quicker They can achieve financial independence.
0: That's great, it's an inspiring story there, Ken. Thanks for sharing. More of good bits in a minute. Be able to describe financial independence to a layman.
1: So, my definition is pretty simple FI is a way of creating options in your life. So, um, I I kind of think of it as a superpower uh, that helps one to uh, make money and life decisions not driven by the need to work for the highest bidder. So at the moment, most people, when they go to work, typically go to work for the person who pays them the most. Um, They might not necessarily be doing work because they're passionate about it or because it's something they're excited about. Um, And that's not a bad thing, by the way. But um, at some point in life, you might start to get slightly frustrated with life. And so uh, having something like financial independence uh, almost helps you take money off the table, money worries and money concerns and a need for having to do a job that you might actually hate or dislike. So it helps you choose more meaningful work or decide what you do with your time, that type of thing.
0: That sounds great. And how would you describe where you are on the FI journey?
1: So... That's a good question. So, we have achieved, although I don't really, I I haven't actually gone into detail about this on my site, we've actually achieved financial independence, but we um, are still working. So, we enjoy working, Uh, it's a big part of life for us. And so, our journey is enhancing that FI position uh, to be more specific, adding more liquidity to that. To that fi position so converting some of the assets into more liquid uh, assets uh, asset sources and um and boosting the fi pot great
0: That's, congratulations on making it there
1: <laughs> go ahead
0: i was going to say so do you find once you reach there you're more fussy and specific about the roles you take working uh
1: yes i'd say uh, i'd say absolutely i mean i th- The the, the line of work I currently do is something I really enjoy doing and it's something I choose to actually do. And and that choice is actually really important. I mentioned options earlier. Um, Being able, for me personally, being able to be in an environment where I'm number one challenged all the time, so I do lots of complex work and I have autonomy in my role and my role gives me the opportunity for wealth creation. Um, and I find I find meaning in what I do, working with really interesting people and uh, doing work I find adds some value. So um, yes, I am more fussy about what I do, but um, I think work in itself um, has an altogether different meaning. Um, I understand that people, you know, people can can get frustrated with their jobs, uh, but I think work carries. Um, a necessary meaning for life and you know not everybody might think of it that way but that's kind of how i look at it
0: yeah, in a similar vein so fi or financial independence do you believe that is something that can be pursued by everyone or should be pursued by everyone
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's a good question so i think um fi can be pursued by everybody but i don't think everybody will become fi and the reason for for that is because financial independence requires pain. It, you know this path is is difficult. This is not an easy kind of. It sounds very cool, but this is a very difficult road because um, you have to give stuff up. You have to, and people don't like pain. Nobody likes to hear that you say to them, "Well." You've got to cut down on your food budget. You've got to cut down on your holidays. You've got to not buy that brand new car. You've got to not buy that new flashy phone. Nobody wants to hear that. So the only people who understand this stuff and the people who actually do it are the people who are super high on self-awareness. They've got to a stage in their lives where a switch has been turned on and they've decided, you know what, I'm not gonna do life the way I've always done it. I'm not gonna follow the masses and live a consumer life, I'm really going to think very differently. So many people can pursue uh, FI and they can join the, the movement and get really excited. But making it real in your life, that's quite a different thing. So I don't know if that answers your question or not.
0: That's a good question. What I'm liking is that I've asked this question to lots of people and it's the different interpretations and how people answer that. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. And similarly, what advice would you give people that are interested in FI? Maybe, would you give somebody, in newbie, the same advice you'd give somebody who's more intermediate or advanced?
1: Ah, no, no, no. Very different. So, for somebody who's a newbie, I'd say, the, the kind of the initial thing is to try to um, essentially spend less money than you actually make. Now, that might sound very like a, like a really uh, simplistic thing, but not everybody does. Because if everybody spent below what they made, we wouldn't have the problem we have, you know, across this country and across many countries. So the first thing is, is get to a position whereby you spend less than you make. And the, the only way of doing that really is by putting some controls in place. So using budgets, having goals and really kind of adjusting your lifestyle such that you're not just spending because you have to spend, but spending with some intention and with some purpose. Okay, so that's kind of the first thing I'd say to anybody who's um, thinking about this, Um, because the reason because if you spend less than you make, then you're, you know, you're then saving money. Okay, and the savings rate is a big part of uh, is one important lever for um, aiming for financial independence. For somebody who's at the intermediate level, I'd say they should uh, seek some coaching. So reach out to other people who are on the journey. So this this journey to FI is a lonely path. People make it sound really glamorous or you know whatever, sound really cool, but it's a very lonely path and not everybody can do it. So if you wanna do it, you need to hang out with people who do it, speak the language, understand what they're doing, learn from others, you know experiment and try them in your own in your own kind of life situation for somebody at intermediate level i'd say seek some coaching or just meet somebody who's done this before or find a community uh, of people and for somebody at the advanced level i'd say seek other levers for fi so this fi path is a long path you're going to be doing this for a long time so a way of shortcutting that is to Think about what other levers there are. So savings rate, a high savings rate, a super high savings rate is one. But another way of doing it, which is what I've done, is explore side hustles, explore business assets. So the internet offers us crazy, you know, really crazy possibilities. What can you do with your skills that you have? Can you make extra money from something else? These things speed up the FI path. Uh, Property investing is another lever. Uh, which one can explore because property values um, can help. You know, they've done very well over the last few years, but as usual with any asset class, properties can suffer. They can't drop it; they can drop in value. But you know, property investing can offer uh, really good passive income if done properly in the right location, um, at, and and if you go in at the right price. So, uh, I'd, you know, those are quite varied things that offer various people but um, hopefully it kind of, you know, makes sense and uh, they're things that people can action.
0: Interested to hear as well what your thoughts on our FI with kids because you mentioned you've got two little ones.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. Yeah, so a, a lot of the kind of the, the people who are the faces of FI out there typically don't have children. Uh, some of them do, but typically they don't have children. And this path to FI um, is made more difficult when you have kids. that's just just the reality there's no um there's no easy way about it but there is a way in which you can do it um you know without it being so difficult so for example uh very simple things like number one where you live so when you have kids you typically have to buy a bigger property but don't buy a property in a really expensive place that's just crazy because you have to borrow a lot more money so where we live for example um, we've had to borrow a, a lot less money compared to, say, if we had bought in London or anywhere like that. So, uh, so that makes a huge difference. Uh, secondly, food budgets. So we do a £50 a week budget for food, which for us is fantastic. Some people might think, oh my God, that's a scarily small amount of money for a family of four. But for us, that's amazing because, you know, I hate to admit it, but we even have food waste in this house um even on that 50 pounds so um but you know it really all comes down to where you shop how you shop um what you're buying so for example we don't buy any meat in this house for health reasons so we live a, a, a primarily a vegetarian-led lifestyle uh, we live very simplistically as a family so we don't buy stuff we don't fill our house with things uh, we try to teach our kids the same thing so um, these things, uh, living in these various ways, uh, help to create essentially uh, buffers in life, what I refer to as margins. And these margins help to, help to make life as a family aiming for FI much easier. Um, and it doesn't really then turn out to be as expensive uh, as you might think. So down the line, there might be other expenses, but um, uh, so far, so good for us
0: that's great and a slightly personal question are you willing to comment and if you or your wife are more into fi are you on the same page
1: or yeah yeah i can share oh. totally <laughs> uh, so my uh, my wife my, my wife's name is mary and um, me and mary actually met at a property investing course <laughs> many years ago so she has always been interested in investing and seeking personal freedoms. Um, so we are on the same page as far as FI is concerned, but you can't be 100% on the same page. There will always be stuff you're, you have differences about. So initially when we had this budget for food, for example, Mary found that to be um, quite a small amount to spend on food, but possibly because some of her friends were spending more money. As time passed, you know, uh, she kind of got used to that and, and so on. Uh, and, and when I met my wife, she was actually a lot better with money than I was. Uh, so I've had to learn quite a lot from her in terms of savings. She was way better than I was at saving money. Um, so I've had to learn a lot from her and a lot of kind of frugal principles we apply at home are um, uh, 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 led a lot by, by my wife.
0: Really, Yeah, I love that romance story. Meeting at a property investing course. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, it's bizarre. I mean, I, I, I don't say it too often, but uh, it's, it's on, un- it's unfortunately where we met, and uh, I'm quite pleased we did, to be honest, because I didn't have to explain to her what property investing was and and why we should pursue it. So, yeah,
0: that's a good story. I like it. <laughs> So you mentioned your family there. What sort of hobbies do you all have? How do the Humble Penny family spend their free time?
1: I do a lot of reading. I love reading. Um, In fact, I think reading is possibly the best thing out there. Uh, In fact, it's the best way for anybody who wants to develop themselves super quickly to do it. It's to read books. Um, And the reason for that is because all the brilliant minds out there are putting all their best ideas in books. So why not just buy their books and read them? So I love reading books. Um, We love music in this house. We do a lot of dancing (laughs) in this house. Uh, I never ever talk about this on my blog, but we dance quite a lot in this house. There's always music playing and my kids love dancing. In fact, whenever I walk in from, whenever I walk through the door in the evening, my kids welcome me home with a dance. They literally dance and then we do a a big, big, uh, big hug. It's just crazy, but we love dancing in this house. Um, other things we like doing kids are quite creative mary's super creative so all the images you see on the humble penny are designed by mary i have i have no creative input <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> so mary designs all my images she runs a party business um to kind of say if you want to have a party Uh, with a port patrol themed party for example she'd create literally everything from banners and so on so she does lots of creative type work um and at home we do lots of games so we play um things like snakes and ladders at home uh we play the um monopoly game for kids uh and lots of lots of games for saturdays at home are called game days in our home so we wake up have breakfast and the kids go and pick out a game that we play and we have a a coffee table in the living room where we all just sit and um and we share responsibilities for who for example who's managing the cash in monopoly today and that type of stuff that's quite cool um and then we go shopping together so we go food shopping uh, the local Audi. We love the kids to come along so they can see how money exchanges hands. Uh, we typically do shopping with money, uh, cash, so they can see how we hand over cash and that exchange. Um, you know how where things come from and how what role money really plays. So yeah, that's pretty much. Oh, and I love music. I absolutely love music. So I spend a great deal of my time uh, listening to music.
0: That's really fun. I like it. So, first of all, you you made me out a property investing course, and now you're teaching your kid. Thinking, Monopoly play with the kids?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's funny. Because at that course, we played the cash flow game. I don't know if you've heard of the cash flow game. It's written by uh, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, who wrote the book "The Rich Dad Poor Dad," mm-hmm. and that property investing course was hosted by Richard uh, Robert Kiyosaki's team in Victoria, London. So. Um, so we played a cash flow game there so we our relationship basically started off on a cash flow game and so we've always had a game a games' kind of theme you know, I, I know this sounds really bizarre but it's just the way it's happened um, says so it's no, it's, no it's, not, it's not it's not it's not a coincidence that I'm running an FI blog or I'm running a personal finance blog and um, talking about financial independence we've been on this journey since 2009 um so anyway yeah.
0: Oh. I also love the music. Is there a particular type of music or?
1: Uh yeah, so I, I listen to quite bizarre music. Some people well people think it's bizarre, but um, so I kinda love music from I love two extremes here. So I love music from film compositions. So people like um uh, Han Zimmer and John Williams and stuff. So, uh, music from films like Gladiator and so on. There's a, I, I honestly, and my, my favourite is a is a score by Hans Zimmer from the film Inception, uh, called the music's called Time, and I, I just love it. I'm I'm constantly on Spotify listening to this stuff. Then I love an extreme on the other side, which is the UK, uh, UK grime music. So I love um, the likes of likes of Skepta. Uh, who, as a UK grime artist, um, does really good works, and I love the Afrobeat um, music, um, which is very different. As music, music originating from Nigeria, which is where I was born, um, and it, it, you know, you hear it on the radio in the UK now. You might not actually know it's from, it's from that part of the world, but it's just completely uh, fascinating music. Yeah, it's a great, a wild, wild,
0: wild and wide selection there
1: yeah 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 no, totally but it, it, you know it's uh, i find it interesting anyway i'm just i think we're just so we're seriously blessed to have free you know you can listen to spotify and listen to free music that's totally insane you can listen on youtube yeah i just love it yeah.
0: so yeah i did think the beginning i would like to ask you as well I'm asking everyone what are your thoughts on sustainability and environmentalism and how does it play into your and in your family's everyday life
1: so I I think we have a responsibility for our environment. So we recycle at home. Mary takes this stuff so seriously. Um, sometimes I say to her, I mean, like, we're just like a small family. What impact is this stuff going to have? But the truth is she's absolutely right because um, it takes these small little drops. So, you know, making sure you're recycling things properly and, you know, just chucking it all into the same bins and things like that and food waste. I mentioned we have food waste in this out, but it's not it's not crazy food waste. We're always aiming to get better. Um, so um, anything that helps improve the environment, we we try our best at home to do. But we're not. Um, uh, I wouldn't say we are huge uh, champions. I.e., we don't. You know, I'm not out there protesting for the environment, for example. But I know it's something that we're responsible for, and where we can, we. Um, uh, we take the steps starting in our home to uh, towards making sure that we live more sustainable lives so things like I think living living quite a simple lifestyle and not accumulating stuff I think um, counts towards sustainability in some ways um, and um, and living that frugal lifestyle I think uh, you know in a way contributes towards that because if you can if you can be sustainable in your own home, starting first of all um then that becomes a big part of your kind of internal culture and um i think you'd, you'd be more likely to practice sustainability out there in the world so those are my uh, my thoughts <laughs> yeah,
0: i think personally i think frugality and environmentalism just happen to match together a lot
1: and not every not everybody can be frugal not everybody can be because it's you know i just think we're quite weird being frugal if i'm honest with you um but I just think it's fantastic. And not everybody will think it's fantastic. Some people just think, oh My God, you're you're suffering and you're not like, enjoying life. And I'm thinking, No, no, we're not. We're we're having an amazing time. But we just love to be more frugal. So anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's probably a good time for thinking about equality, privilege, giving back to society. So you mentioned Society, the way society sees potentially people on the frugal FI path.
1: So Privilege is an interesting thing because I, I, me and Mary, I mean, there is no, in fact, in fact we're, we're nowhere being, we're, we've come from nowhere near privilege, put it that way. Um, but I think over time we've become more privileged. I think living in the UK, if you live in the UK right now, then you've won the lottery in the world. If you live in America right now, then you've won the lottery in the world. And I say that because you are more likely to become financially independent you're more likely to become wealthy and i say that because i've grown up in other parts of the world i've lived i've i was born in lagos for goodness sakes you live you eat what you kill in those parts of the world whereas here you can like fall back and fall fall onto the benefit system you have a safety net so you know i think um Just thinking about contributions you mentioned earlier, it's a big part of why I actually launched The Humble Penny was to start to give back. Um, I wrote a piece on my site about why I started this blog. I think I wrote that at some point on this journey. And I think giving back is so huge. I think generosity is a huge huge part of who we are and a huge part of how I think people should live their lives. Um, Because I have a very big belief that those who give receive and what you receive doesn't have to be monetary it just has to be it could be all kinds of things it could just be people showing you more love and people uh caring more about you but i think you've got to give stuff to get stuff so if you want more love in your life show people more love if you want more money in your life give more money i know it sounds really weird um, but it, it, it works. Um, so contributions, cont- giving back is a big part of why I've started this journey and and will be a very big part as the site grows and it starts to become more sustainable and run itself and pay for its own costs and stuff. Um, I kind of see the site having having its own charitable arm and stuff like that. These are things we, we me and Mary talk about a lot and we hope will happen one day. Yeah, it's a great
0: plan. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, well, it's... <laughs> To be honest with you, it's um, it's a great plan, but it would be greater if we actually did it. So a lot of what the Humble Pen is about is, is it's actually an experiment. I'm trying to prove to a lot of people that with very little amount of time, you can do whatever you want. You can start small. And so long as you do it every day and consistently, something that starts very little can become very big one day. So so long as me and Mary one day say to ourselves, we're going to start giving already. And we are. We're contributing our time. We give. We write these posts. We get out there. We meet people. People write us emails. We help them out. So as we're doing that today, then one day in the future, we're going to do bigger things as far as generosity and giving is concerned. We're going to, you know, manage money better. We're going to, we're going to, I think, contribute a lot better to the world. But it starts with starting small. You've got to start somewhere. So, yeah. So something we mentioned
0: earlier. I don't think we went into detail on. Is investments and know you mentioned property, also mentioned businesses. (laughs) Willing to go into details of how you invest, what your asset allocation is, and what your plans for the future there are.
1: Yeah, so we um, I probably look at this as thirty-three percent into these three pools. So we invest in property. Um, In fact, uh, property is quite a big part of what our portfolio is so we've got a commercial property that we um run as a business so we run a business on a commercial property and we have uh a number of uh, a handful of other properties um then we run businesses so we run a childcare business we run it as a family not just me and mary run it as a so me my mom and sisters um it's a childcare business it's a nursery business um Uh, That's kind of a a huge cash flow type business, uh, cash flow intensive type business. Uh, And we have four branches now uh, of this of this nursery business. And essentially that contributes into our lives in different ways. Um, And I invest in the stock market. So uh, we invest via index funds broad-based index funds mainly Um, and when we started off actually we were picking stocks and we still actually hold quite a few of them. Uh, Things like Apple and Amazon, um, companies like that and um, a couple of others that haven't actually done quite well but of which we still hold but a vast proportion are based are invested in broad-based index funds so the S&P 500 for example, the FTSE or share index um, and the like. Uh, and then I run, we run some side hustles. So Mary, for example, I mentioned runs the party business. Um, I used to run a tutoring business, uh, which we um, moved on from and sold. Um, I run the Humble Penny, for example, um, as, a, as a side interest. Um, and there will be more things like that in the future because we're just passionate about them. We just, we just quite enjoy um, kind of splitting our time that way uh, and then I obviously have a day job that I do as well yeah, so it's uh, like really busy. yeah well the, we, we are busy but um, things like the nursery for example we don't we don't run that you know we just have managers who do them um, uh, my mum for example spends all, her entire day um, running around between branches and making sure things are running as they should do um and my sisters are involved and my wife actually um also does her bits at one of the branches so um I don't do anything I, just, I, I essentially contribute as an exec executive as a person who basically looks from a high level and looks at how things are working and looks at risk um so I don't spend any time on that at all I spend a great deal of time in my spare time on my on the blog for example, and when our investments are, you know, the stuff we have out there in the stock market. Although, you know, the less tinkering we do, the better, to be honest. So, yeah. Yeah, that's
0: a real real good mix you've got there, a bit of everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think that works better for us uh, personally. And and a lot of it's tied to kind of how we've uh, come onto this path. So we started off with property. It's kind of what we knew first. Uh, and as we started to understand that, we knew that too much exposure to that would be absolutely crazy. We needed more liquidity, and more liquidity comes by, you know, using up our allowances in our ISA and um, and investing via our SIP. Um, and so we explored that and and put cash flow towards that uh, in a in an automated and consistent fashion. And naturally, we just have a buzz for business. It's just who we are. And so we explore business assets, um, and we're always looking for opportunities to enhance our business assets. It's just what we enjoy doing. And because I work in a business business environment, and I work for an investing business that invests in businesses, I essentially do business every single minute of the day, except when I'm spending time with my kids. Uh, so it's just it's just part of who you know, kind of who we are and you know, who I am essentially. what i like doing.
0: Yeah, do you think the kids will grow up to make like business as well?
1: Oh, I hope they do. I mean, I don't want them. Ideally, I don't want them going out there and working for other people. Um, in fact, I'm the only person in my family who works for somebody else. And everybody runs a business, whether it's nail bars, salons, um, ch- childcare businesses, uh my sister, for example, runs an events business for women. Everybody runs something. Everybody owns something that has some element of control and option. Nobody, nobody, in fact, nobody in my family is working for anybody else. I'm the only one who actually, you know, goes out there and works for a, a, a typical company. And the reasons for that, again, is down to this immigrant kind of uh, kind of path. Because we just believe in making your own way. You've got to find a way out. Which is why FI, for me, was just like, oh, my God, this is the thing to do. And we just had to go for it, you know, because um, we just prefer to have the option. You know, have the power, have the option, do your own thing, live your life and do life well. So, yeah.
0: I see that philosophy all ties together, nicely,
1: doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it does. Um, but not, you know, not everybody can do that because not everybody's brought up that way. So I think the environment you're brought up in and the type of family you grew up in kind of dictate how you turn out in life. Um, Barney, this guy who Barney who runs a site called The Escape Artists, he talks a lot about the thing called the money blueprint. And I learned that from him when I interviewed him. And he the point he makes essentially is that your attitude to money has a lot to do with what you learned from your parents. So my parents are hustlers. They're out there grinding all the time. And my mum, my dad is uh, 1952, so he's what, 67 now, 65, 65, 67. Can't even do the maths. But even at that age, he still runs his food business, his food, wholesale food business. So when I'm looking at my parents, day in, day out, our family WhatsApp group, we talk a lot about business. So we talk about risk, controls, problems, things that are happening. Who can help with this? Who can come and do some painting? Who can come and do this? So I'm, I'm in an environment where everyone is grinding all the time and just doing stuff. And it, there's a very clear part, uh, kind of correlation between hard work and aiming for something and you actually becoming wealthy. If you're doing it and doing it, making sure that you're prioritizing optionality, you're prior, prioritizing control in your life, then you're bound to become wealthy as time passes. And I'm seeing it in our personal lives because it's just kind of how I've grown up, especially in this country, in the UK, where there's so many possibilities. I say that because I have a different perspective. Most people might not quite see what I see, but I kind of see this country as the winners win here. If you want to win in this country, you will win because the raw materials are here for you to win. You've got the internet, you've got opportunities for jobs, you've got a system that lets you create businesses and actually function. You've got payment systems for collecting money. So why aren't people doing stuff? Anyway, so those are my thoughts, you know. Um, that's kind of how I look at these things. Yeah,
0: that's really, really interesting. I can definitely see those boys of yours being hustlers before they finish school. Uh,
1: well, they have to do school um, because, you know, it's just what you have to do. But they will do a different kind of school. Um, the Humble Pen is actually uh, a, a, just a, a place where I'm writing my thoughts. And they will read that blog one day. I hope they do. Anyway, I hope they find it interesting. Um, and they will probably read other blogs, they'll read books, you know. So we just hope they'll live a slightly more interesting path to what we've done. They'll be more kind of risk loving and do really interesting things, and they'll be passionate about community and uh, and contributing as we are.
0: So moving on, I've got five questions I'd love to ask you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: First one is: What would you do if you got a one million pound windfall tomorrow? I would
1: invest. I would. I would invest it straight away, um, at, at least a large portion of it in in a broad based index fund. So previously. And the reason I do that is because, say for example, I had a million pounds and invested all, the entire million, uh, just hypothetically. If I earned a 7% return, 70, that'd be 70,000 pounds, which I could use to solve many people's problems uh, every year. So I would put it to work in the stock market. Um, I would definitely help a lot of family members who would like to for example um you know have debt paid off for example uh, and things like that and then the returns from investing that money we would use to pursue a lot of the causes we're really passionate about passionate about so yeah that's how i would do that i
0: love how all of it's going into index funds.
1: i was waiting for the businesses or uh, the property uh, well a lot of, the reason partly for that is because number one you can see returns a lot quicker, potentially. You could lose your money, of course, because it's a stock market. You've given control over to uh, to the stock to companies in the stock market. But um, we could also buy business assets, but we're already doing that. So uh, quite a bit will be spent possibly on enhancing the business assets we have, but the kind of low-hanging fruit is to invest in, um, kind of invest in, uh, in next So
0: the next question is about um, spreadsheets. Do you have a official spreadsheet? And if so, do you update it? Oh <laughs> uh,
1: man, I have, I have many spreadsheets. <laughs> I'm an accountant, for goodness sakes. Uh, but I have one specifically for our network and we update that every month and we updated that last week. So, hopefully that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, <sorry>. answer.
0: <laughs> Great. And if i community tend to love learning can you share with us something you've (laughs) learned any anywhere is fine
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man um so again i've talked about learning on this on this podcast episode already but um first of all i'd start by saying to learn anything you've got to stop watching tv um so a lot of people waste a lot of time on tv so I'd say that's probably a good time, a good way to find a time. But one thing I've learned lately uh, is that the internet has considerable considerable power for you to reach uh, a great deal of people out there. So if you run a business, try to think about how you can leverage the internet for your marketing, and um, and for finding the audience that you're really looking for. Um, I'd say that's one thing I, I I've learned a lot lately, especially running my blog it, you know people just think the blog is just about writing articles and putting it out there a great deal of the blog is marketing so i've been learning a great deal of kind of marketing um, uh, in the last year that i've been running this site and i listen to marketing podcasts and stuff like that so anyway so yeah that's that's that i'd say that's one thing i've learned a lot lately
0: yeah and on the opposite as well as well as learning, wheel. I also find hindsight really great. Mm-hmm. Looking back at your life and thinking and seeing how if you made different mm-hmm. choices, different actions, mm-hmm. how life would be different today. Is there? Yeah. Anything you look back at and think maybe you'd have liked to have done differently.
1: Yeah, so I'd say uh, <laughs> I'd say cars is an in, is a is a, is a would be an interesting one to mention. So, um, many years ago, I wasted a lot of money on cars. Um. For example, we, uh, we used to drive, like, I used to drive, like, a Merck, for example. And we ended up buying, like, an Audi years ago, years ago. And those cars essentially just, you know, great brands, don't get me wrong, but they just, they just eat away at your money. Um, and over the last two years or so, we've moved on to driving a uh, really used, really, really used um, electric car. And that has just been incredible for our budget. It's just been amazing for just for life in general, and for the environment. Um, so we we drive a, a, a Nissan Leaf, uh, used twenty thirteen Nissan Leaf, and it's the best thing we've ever bought. Literally, we love driving a car. Uh, it's just so cheap to run. We charge we charge the car at home, and we just absolutely enjoy driving it. So. Okay.
0: Final question, when are you happiest? Would you just take us to your happy place?
1: Oh man, so I'm happiest when I go for a walk and listen to music. So, and I do that a lot. So I do about 12 to 15,000 steps of walking every day. Uh, so when I head to work, get to Charing Cross, I'll walk from there all the way to Marleybone. And during my lunch breaks, I go for walks um, uh, in um, Regent's Park. And I really enjoy that. And music is so great. Uh, The type of music I listen to, anyway, is just great for reflecting and thinking about life and kind of, you know, just, you know, fleshing out some ideas. My other kind of happy place is um, on a beach. So we really like holidays. We do an annual holiday. And me and Mary have uh, one or two weekend aways if we can. Um, But every year we try to have a beach holiday. And we just absolutely love it because. Um, the kids love it. They can build their sandcastles and and stuff, and um, it's just great for keeping them busy and and having great company. So, yeah, that will be it. But walking, you can have every day. You can, you know, everyone can enjoy walking. It's great for exercise as well. It's just great. For
0: i did like to, to liberty and have two happy places there.
1: Yeah, yeah, an everyday happy place. Yeah, no, that works for us really well. So, and you love walking.
0: Yeah, so I think I've got to the end of all my questions. Is there anything else you'd want to cover?
1: Um, I'd just like to say to anybody out there who thinks this path to FI is just bonkers, or they can't do it, and it's just impossible. The reason why I've actually shared some perspective of me as an immigrant here 20 years ago with with no money is just so you can understand that in 20 years a lot can happen, and one can grow very quickly if they really want to grow so if you think if you're out there and you're listening to me and you think i would love to pursue the fi thing this journey there's so many so many resources out there whether it's books podcasts blogs youtube videos just i'd say start slowly and just start to learn some of what this is about But just know that with anything in life, you only get things in life that are worth getting if you're ready to give stuff up. If you're not ready to do that, then this FI journey would just not work. But if you're ready to just rethink the way you live life and really aim for it, then I think the possibilities FI offers are definitely worth it. The freedoms you enjoy, the personal freedoms, the options you have, the choices you have um, are really worth aiming for. So uh, feel free to reach out to me. I'm, uh, you know, my blog's at thehumblepenny.com. So if you, you know, feel free to give me a shout if you want. Uh, easy ways to get hold of me are e- email address <laughs> very easily at thehumblepenny.com. You can do that way. Or you can just go straight to my blog at thehumblepenny.com and um, just shoot me, you know, shoot me an email or write me a message, and I tend to re- respond, um, you know, as quickly as I can, really.
0: Well, thank you so much for spending your time today. I'm certainly fascinated both by, in fact, that your kids dance to you coming home.
1: <laughs> and I, love that I, just, I should, I should film it. I should literally put a secret camera and film this stuff. People will find it really funny. Um, but and Mary, Mary joins in as well, She's is just she's so funny. And then she says to me straight after that, after the dance, right, time for the boys to have a shower. So I literally put my bag down and straight up to give them a shower. Because the evening routine is just so 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 important that the kids go to bed early. But anyway, that's kind of how it works at home. <laughs> I
0: like it. And, and the Monopoly romance story.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. The cash flow game. You should check that out, really. If you've never played the cash flow game, you should. And I have to admit, we haven't played it since we um we did it at the at the you know at the uh, property investing course. But we've played we've played Monopoly, uh, which is a much um, much easier game to play. But
0: boys ready for the cash flow game or maybe a few years
1: yet i don't know i don't know about that but we'll, we'll do monopoly for quite a few years i think um and a few more kind of creative um type games but yeah i think it'll be a while they'll probably come ac- across the cash flow game at some point but yeah some while to go great
0: well thank you so much for your time today. it's been
1: a pleasure thanks a, thanks a lot i really appreciate you inviting me um Thank you, and I really hope people find this useful. Bye bye. See you soon. Take care.
0: That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Show notes are on the website www.ukfipod.space. You can also send any questions through the website or email at hello at ukfipod.space. Our intro and closing music is Julie Maxwell's Ziao or Freedom.